This is a brief introduction to the concept of mental obsession and how it applies to humans. And the premise of this discussion is that if there is an absolute source of any sort that is indivisible and doesn't change when we think of it in different ways, then there's a very good chance that what we do as humans in terms of dysfunction is the same. We may put different faces and have different places and different times to attach to the circumstances we use to think they're unique, but the platform we're based on is very much the same, down to the DNA and the, the blood and the delivery systems and all of the functional capacity of our bodies to even witness the experience we have are all indications that we share something in common. And so the idea in this discussion is to see that the mental dysfunctions that we each think are unique to us when we're suffering them and somewhat ashamed to talk about because they seem so depraved and so, so not only depressing, but so incapacitating that hiding them and thinking they're not something we're all doing together is one way of actually perpetuating them. So this discussion is about beginning to open up the concept that what we're doing together collectively and often silently is actually very much the same of what we're each doing similarly, if not identically. So that blows a little bit of the cover off of the ideas that I might use or you might use to distinguish me as individual enough to justify all that's wrong with me rather than start to see that what's right in me is what is right in you and become something that we all share in common without division and without discrimination and without inequity. But it's a natural state of being that we exist on. That's the platform. And our bodies are the platform of a possibility within that context of knowing. If there is a being absolute nature, it's a knowing nature. It's not a thinking nature. Knowing doesn't think, and thinking doesn't know. And it doesn't mean thinking can't know. It means when thinking thinks it knows to the exclusion of admitting what it knows, it's thinking thinking is the source of knowledge. Thinking is the source of reality. Thinking is the source of truth. And it makes each of us then become these little automatons robotically and egotistically running around the world trying to insist that the world do what we think it should be doing and when it doesn't try and correct it in every way or live with the discontent that's caused by thinking of it in ways that it constantly never lives up to. And if you experience any of those things, you might well qualify for this discussion. So this discussion is to open up possibilities between us that are always possible, have always been possible, but we haven't been good at discussing. Addiction, which today is at an all-time high, I don't think is a coincidence. And it's certainly not a curse. And it's not a condition that's impossible to overcome. It's a condition if we've created it, we can uncreate it. If we cause it by making believe that lies are true, which is the root of addiction, then the symptom of addiction, the consequences of addiction, the compulsions of addiction, are all easily remedied when the thinking is straightened out. Our chance to participate in a discussion that is honest, 
that looks at things accurately is also the chance to look at things that are difficult to see and think that you can't understand them and then dismiss them as a result of thinking quickly that there's nothing here when in fact that's just a new defense to try and protect against admitting the things that you're actually doing. And taking that step can be seem like a leap, but it really isn't. It's a very natural, if, if thinking that what we're doing so negatively impacts our system is so natural, imagine how actually applying nature to disbanding the thinking that causes those unnatural feelings that seem to plague us, that we think of as disorders because we've got thinking happening first rather than knowing being first and thinking being a product of knowing. We're naturally thinking, thinking is our only source, and as a result, we are out of order, and we act out of order, and we say it openly and don't quite put two and two together to notice that disorders are a reflection of thinking that is out of order, and these behaviors that we talk about in terms of compulsions are acting out of order. So you and I can act out of order, and we can act dishonestly, but it does not impair our natural honest nature. It only becomes obvious in our experience that something's wrong and our bodies are designed to tell us when things are wrong because threats are a threat to our survival. And we're designed to survive and to thrive and to grow and to be abundant and to have more than we need so we have more than we need so we can give more than we have or so we can give what we have. And that reflects an abundant nature having been given itself to us. If that's, if, if we're given everything by an abundant nature, then clearly we have more to give than we give when we think all we have, we have to keep and hoard and have more of. When in fact, everything we have has been here on this planet ever since this planet's been here or it's grown since naturally. There's nothing been shipped in from outer space yet that has augmented our own overuse or overconsumption or abuse of the resources that we have. It's all been here and everything that's here has been here from the beginning and it's been given to all of us to share as part of the bounty of that same concept that I'm presenting that is absolute. Now, I don't talk about this because I don't fail in these things. I talk about it because I fail in these things in terms of thought. And I have limited thoughts and I still struggle with issues about beliefs that I've maintained that aren't true. But I've learned that those failings are the expressions I experience in my body, my sense of lack, my sense of fear of losing, my sense of any indication that I'm less than I actually am because I'm only relying on what I think I am. All of those experiences are telling me about what I'm thinking. They're all experiences that are caused by what I'm thinking. My primary, all primary voluntary actions are made in thought. I don't do anything that I don't think about doing. My body does nothing that's voluntary, no choices that I don't think about. And when I think about things, I have an expectation attached to every one of those things I think about. So if I think I shouldn't have expectations and expectations are the problem, what the real problem is that I think my expectations should be true and always realized and that there should be nothing ever that happens inconsistent with them. And if that was the case, then all that would ever happen is what I think and all the rest of all the possibilities would never happen. 
And that would be a great shame when all that is possible, if it's possible, is possible now, if all that I ever saw was what I thought. Because my limited thoughts are always focused on very limited views relative to an absolute, abundant, infinite nature. So this discussion is a chance to open up thought and to recognize that wherever you are listening, you are with us listening together. And wherever you are not listening, you are part of this intimately brewing scheme that we seem to be a part of. Whether it's a scheme or plan, whether it's a scheme of our own making, it's irrelevant. Whatever it is, it is. And if it is what it is, and we are all part of something greater than what we think, then we are part of that greatness regardless of what we think. And if we begin speaking in those terms, there's a good chance that what we'll, be, we'll begin saying and thinking are sourced in a knowing awareness that we begin expressing rather than a refinement of stories we've been telling to justify why we shouldn't be where we are and we shouldn't have what we have and we would be somewhere else with more if it weren't for this, that, them, or then. When in fact, where we are right now is exactly where we are with exactly what we have. So addiction is a mental problem. And the mental problem is making believe that what I think is true and real, which would mean that truth and reality have no basis except in my thinking, which would certainly cause me great conflict with everyone else who's thinking that same thing. And it would somewhat be emblematic of how the world has worked up until this point, how humans have functioned and dysfunctioned in relation to one another. So this is a chance to explore the mental aspect of addiction, which is where addiction centers. The disease is mental in terms of, I'm not giving a medical analysis here, but I'm saying that dis-ease created in the mind, mental anguish, is created by making believe the brain is, can do what it can't do. And if I make believe my brain can do what it can't do, I have asked it to live an impossible dream and wonder why life seems impossible. And it isn't impossible, life isn't impossible, because life provides all possibility. Life is what makes possibility possible. Life is what makes thinking possible. Life is what makes our human experience possible. Life is what makes the earth possible. Life was life before all that exists was seen to exist in a way that we could even occupy this planet in the middle of this seeming vastness of space. But if that space were con compared to any infinite concept would make even the universe small. And to begin conceiving of those things start to make, make little of what I have tended to make too much of, which is my own self-centered ideas and thought that brew and continue to develop and continue to reinforce themselves and continue to develop longer fictional stories that I create to justify what I'm doing. There's no justification or defense in truth, none, because it's not at risk. It's an absolute premise. It's an absolute state of being. It's an absolute state of awareness. We are aware that we are aware and we know that we know. And if we didn't, we would not know that we were hurting. We would not recognize suffering. 
Suffering is an indication of our clarity. It isn't an indication of being pitiful creatures that are subject to some hateful force roaming the planet when we are abusing our own experience by asking thought to do what it cannot do and then demanding it perfect what it can't do. That's on us. That's our choice we're making. I've made that choice long enough. And I now have been sober from alcohol and drugs 34 years that I want to talk about the source of addiction more publicly and more openly because I see what's happening in terms of the social ills that we're all facing is a function of this mental disorder of making believe that thought comes first and I need to commit my life and think my life depends on fighting for what I think is right when in fact right does not need a fight at all. It already exists and it's all that exists. And if I start thinking in terms that are absolute, if I start thinking in terms that are accurate and honest, my thinking starts to relax quickly and starts to function on a level that it becomes more productive and more capable of recognizing the wholeness and the completeness and the fullness of our experience, which is great, so that great fullness doesn't become something I'm doing as an act to remind myself of it. It becomes an expression of the greatness that I'm full of in my expression, in my daily interactions, in my productive uh, capacity. And I would suggest that's all of ours. It's not mine. It's not yours. It's ours. If anything is, it is all of ours. It isn't something that each of us have individually if all of us don't have that collectively. So that's a slight in introduction into this conversation. I don't expect this will become polished and highly developed in terms of a conversation. I'd like it to be frank and obviously centered on looking and exploring and opening rather than trying to refine it as something that is absolute unto itself, when in fact the absolute nature of what is absolute doesn't need any help at all from us. Our help is with each other on a human level. Our help is to begin to express those absolute things. And my sense is it happens naturally when we're unwilling, when we begin to be willing not to do what is unhealthy and unnatural. So we appreciate your involvement. There are many of us who have come together to talk about this over the last years. And it's a great opportunity to know that there are people out there both interested and willing enough to sit through what can be challenging, but is also the chance to begin to see the challenges that we create to make believe that things are impossible rather than begin to recognize the possibility is very easy when we begin to let go of the thinking that's the most challenging aspect of our preoccupation and seeming obstacle to that other absolute source of peace and wholeness.